Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. Welcome to We're Talking tonight. Dave Amato, we're going to talk some uh, Sunbelt Conference football. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk uh, tonight. We'll be talking about uh, some Bell Conference East next week, some Bell Conference West. Then uh, uh, leading up to the opening game for the Cajuns uh, at, at Texas. And we'll do a deep dive into that in about three weeks. So welcome, Dave. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, sir? I am doing well. I've got a nice uh, libation here in my hand that I'll be sipping on through the evening, a little wild turkey, <laughs> uh, rare breed rye. Nice. Uh, it's become one of my Very new favorites. I, I've got a, a Beta Giacomo Juicy IPA. So, You know, I have tried the IPAs. I just can't get into them. And right now, <laughs> I am all about the girly beers. I'm about the oh, Cape Break no. strawberry. I'm about the, the Beta strawberry. And my favorite probably is the line of Krugel's summer shanty. Nothing better yeah, after mowing I, the lawn. So I, I will give you that on the, uh, if it's 95 degrees and cutting the grass, that's a good beer. All of those are good beers to drink, but I'm an IPA and uh, kind of a heavier beer drinker personally. Well, I've got two good friends that when we get together, they, 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 I think their wives drink better beer than I do. So it's like, it's not, it's not, I get chastised quite a bit, but I just. It's, it's, uh, look, as long as you're enjoying a, a, a nice, good beer, we're, we're okay. Have you tried the, uh, the one that, that's got the, uh, uh, the uh, canes, raising canes uh, picture on it? It's, it's. Uh, oh. The, the the lemonade IPA from yeah. uh, from uh, Parish Brewing. Yes, I have. I'm not a I'm not a huge and I like a lot of Parish beers. Don't yeah. get me wrong. That's not one of my favorite. I I'll admit it's just not the lemonade IPA is not for me. Well, I was hoping for more of a lemonade flavor like the summer shanty and everything, and uh, and I was highly disappointed. Not and it. then and then when I saw four of them were four ninety fourteen ninety nine for four of them, I'm like. That's kind of not not my thing. So, no, it's 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 a very pricey beer for something that I I don't think is very good. Yep. So let's talk football here. Um, Absolutely. So we'll we'll just we'll just start out with Coastal Carolina or COVID Carolina as we like to call them here in Lafayette. <laughs> uh, yep. And we'll work our way down. And no disrespect to App State or Georgia Southern, Georgia State or Troy. We're just going with, with, with what the Sunbelt Conference finished last year. Uh, and by the end of the night, we're going to get Dave's predictions on how he thinks they'll finish and everything. So uh, let's start with uh, Coastal Carolina. What's your thoughts on them this year? I know a lot of people on Rage and Pages are dis discounting them, but they do have the easiest uh, schedule in, in, the, in the U.S. right now. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, look, and yeah, and, and you've hit the nail on the head. I think the um, at the end of the day, uh, one of the things that we really need to look at with Coastal is they really do, and I'm not talking about their conference play, which is because they do not play the Cajuns. 
but they have the easiest out of conference schedule that I have, I think I have ever seen. Um, Buffalo probably is their best uh, schedule. It's their only out of conference road game that they have to face. They get Kansas, who is a terrible P5 team at home. They get UMass, who is at best, you know, an F, a top level FCS school. And then they get the Citadel. All three of those games are at home. Um, at the end of the day, their schedule sets up very nicely. They do have to go on the road to app. Um, and that is going to be their toughest game of the season. There's no question about that. They have to go on the road and they face Arkansas state. That's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but outside of that, I, you know, I, I, like you said, I see on rage and page and people discounting them. At the end of the day, there's nine, 10 wins on this schedule without even blinking an eye. And I just don't know how you discount them. They don't have to face the Cajuns and most of their even remotely tough games are at home. I, I just don't see how that's a, that's going to be a challenge at all for them. Yeah. Do you, they bring back, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, do you, do you see, I mean, uh, we're going to get into the West later on or, or next week. Uh, but do you see things like, uh, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, is Arkansas State being a, a true contestant for them? I, look, I think Arkansas State's always, offensively, talent-wise, I think Arkansas State's always a team that gives you trouble. They, it, it, they've got a new coach. They've got a lot of new pieces moving around, so it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for them this year. The, the East is a much more challenging side of the, the conference than the West is. There is no question about that. When you start doing deep dives into both sides, there's no question. I mean, I, I think the third and fourth team in the, in the East, outside of UL, uh, there's nobody in the West that really compares with the, with the, the East side of the, the conference. Um, the question in the East is going to be which one of the bottom three teams does any damage? Can they, can they beat a coastal? Can they beat an app? Can they scare them enough to really knock them off? Because that's going to be the difference when app and coastal play, that is really going to be the decision-making process in the East, unless one of these two teams, and I'm, I'm thinking Georgia state or Troy, can offensively put up some numbers that scare the heck out of uh, Coastal or App. But at the end of the day, I think it's Coastal and App that are going to just own the eastern side of the conference. Well, I'm looking now. I see Arkansas State is a Thursday night game October 7th, and they actually have 13 days to prepare for App State. So that may be a benefit to them. And we'll look at App yep. State's uh, schedule here in a little bit. Sure. Um, but they do go to Georgia Southern. And, and I think that could be uh, that could be a problem for them. Uh, they, they, but, but but they ha and they go to, and obviously they go to App State, but 13 days to prepare for them. Uh, but you, you got Georgia State and Troy at home. Uh, so, I mean, you're you're right. You really have a, a what we consider an it's easy schedule. So. It's set up to be really good. Look. And, and at the end of the day, when you look at that team, that team returns a ton of talent, like a, a, an immense amount of talent. 
they they do miss CJ Marable, their running back, who who might have been one of the best running backs in the conference last year. Um, but they they had two guys behind them that are really good. Shamari Jones and Reese White both played a lot last year. They both put up pretty good numbers. The difference that I see is that um, CJ Marable was such a weapon in the passing game. He did so many things that I don't know many running backs can, can do, right? He was just a, he was a receiver. He was a running back. He's a little bit, and I don't want to compare him to this guy, but he's a little bit of a Alvin Kamara type guy, right? He did so many different offensive things that he was just, he's going to be tough to replace. But, you know, look, there's no argument. Sunbelt is going to have some really good quarterbacks this year. But there's no question, Grayson McCall is probably the best quarterback in the conference. Um, and, and, and there's only maybe one or two other guys that even remotely get in that conversation. And, and one of them plays for the team you and I both pull for, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I still don't, and I love Levi, but Levi's not Grayson McCall. And Grayson McCall is only a freshman. You know, he's still young. We're going to see him for a long time. And that, that kind of scares us all a little bit. Uh, I think the Cajuns, depth-wise, uh, do have some quarterbacks. I don't, I don't know what Coastal has. And I think that's going to be the key to them, in my opinion, is him uh, McCall staying healthy. I mean. Yeah, no, no question. They do have one of their two uh, backups who was a starter before Grayson got there that is back on the roster. But he was, a, he was an average quarterback at best yeah. when he was a starter. So while they do have some experience there, it's still not going to make up for for what Grayson McCall. If Grayson McCall goes down, they lose a lot. But look, they've got weapons at, on the outside. I mean, they they have uh, Isaiah Likely is a tight end for them that kind of plays similar to um, the former Cajun tight end, uh, Ladarius Green. Uh, he's more. Yeah, he, he's more of a, a, a you know a wide receiver that plays tight end um, type of guy, and then they've got Javon Hiley, who is a really good wide receiver. So they've got some weapons offensively, and 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 outside of UL, they might have the best offensive line in the conference. Um, they're returning a ton of guys from last year's team, and defensively, they're they're going to be strong. They were good last year. They're going to be really good. They're really good on special teams. They've got probably one of the better kickers in the league in Mass uh, Massimo Biscardi, who sounds like a cookie name to me. But, yeah. but he's he's a really good kicker. And again, we match that up with what I say is the easiest non-conference schedule that I've ever seen. And even in the conference, you're not facing you're only facing one of the two best teams in the conference. You're you're missing UL and you you have to play app. But outside of that, I, I don't see a whole lot of scary they're going to be favored in every game they play with the exception of buffalo and app and i think they're going to be favored against the app and we don't know what buffalo is going to have but buffalo is supposed to be a decent team but they're going to be favored against kansas umass and the citadel by a large margin well i'm looking now i didn't realize that they went uh, and you mentioned that earlier and i apologize they they go to buffalo so that that's yeah. interesting and then their their first game uh it conference game is against ulm so no offense yeah. but they, you, you no know, this is this is a team that could be six and oh before we know it right yeah. and they're starting the season at 
I, I believe number 22 in the nation. Yeah. If, if they're six and if they're six and zero oh by, you know, six games into the season, this is a team that hasn't played anybody, but could easily be in the top 15 just because of the, just because of the schedule, right. The way it sets up. Yeah. Uh, it, so we'll see. It, it definitely is, is set up for them. Uh, uh, again, to me, the wild card is coming after ULM with Arkansas State. Arkansas State always plays well at home, always plays the Cajuns well at home, and that that that's yeah. a series. I know we're going to talk more about them next week, but with a new coach and everything like that, uh, we'll see what kind of departure they had, and we can talk about, like I said, more next week. Uh, but it, it's going to be going to be very interesting what we have there. So. Um, yeah, I like I said, I, I, I look that team Coastal has there's there's so many weapons on offense and defense. They're a they're a formidable foe for anybody they play this year. And I just it's gonna be hard. Like, like the the difference is gonna be the depth. I really believe the depth is the difference. When when they lose a guy, uh specifically a guy like their quarterback, Grayson McCall, that might be where you see that they they don't have uh the talent that could win the 11 games or 12 games that they are expected to win. But if they keep healthy for most of the season, they're a team that look, I, they're going to be tough to beat. Well, you know, they, they, what they have to do also besides that is stay away from the COVID bug because we know what happens there. I'd hate for them to have to uh, forfeit a game to like the Citadel or somebody like that because they can't feel the team. Well, the good news for everybody in the conference is we don't have to worry about it this year. If they choose to not play, it's going to be a loss. And, and and heaven forbid they lose a game. Look, I mean, we could we could have a, another hour conversation yep. about what we both think about why they canceled that game. But at the end of the day, that game should have been played. I don't care what anybody says. I, I totally agree. And, and what I don't understand was that, well, I, I know some things some from behind the scenes a little bit we can have on off the air conversation about, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was, uh, it was not nice. So uh, <laughs> and, 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 and their campus and everything has been a hotbed for COVID. Uh, so mm -hmm. it, it's uh, and their baseball team found out about that after you know, they, they lost a couple players coming here to Lafayette to play the Cajuns. Uh, and, and so I, I'm, I'm half joking, but I'm half serious. Hopefully they can stay out of the COVID situation there and they'll have to decide who's going to play. So look, this is, this is arguably one of the best Sunbelt conference teams all around and I'm not just talking about Coastal, but Coastal App and the Cajuns, the top three by far the best we've probably ever seen in the Sun Belt. And I hope, I really hope all, all the teams stay healthy, all the teams stay away from the COVID bug because, and I really wish the Cajuns got a chance to play Coastal this year, but they don't. But at the end of the day, these three teams, and I really think the middle of the conference is, is good too. But these three teams are, are are as strong as the Sun Belt has ever been. And and look, I'm not discounting App, and I know we're going to talk about App in a few minutes. I will never discount what App has in, in the weapons. When I did a little research 
just kind of touching on what they are, what we're looking at. And I know they lose a, a great player at quarterback, but man, they've got some talent everywhere on that offense and defense. Um, so we'll get into that, I'm sure. But this is, this is, this could be fun. This would have been a blast if all three of those teams would have played each other this year. Yeah. I, I'm sad that they don't. I'm sad that they don't, but at the same time, if it turns out that it's it's the Cajuns in Coastal Carolina in the championship game, I'd like that it's not a rematch of a game that was played earlier. Uh, no, so. I, I, I definitely I definitely agree with that. And look, because of the fact that they don't play play each other, there's a chance that we could get two undefeated teams playing each other for the conference championship, which is a rare occurrence because we're not facing each other. And like you said, I think I think uh, uh, this is by far the best that the Sun Belt has ever been in football, and which is honestly no no offense to anybody in the Sun Belt or even our, our Cajuns, but the Sun Belt has not been great for football up until the last couple of years. So, uh, no, ab- absolutely. But the, the the strength in the look, the strength at the top of the conference is really good. We've got two teams in the top twenty-five and one getting votes. And then we've got, I believe, three or four teams in the middle of the conference who were formidable foes. And then you got a couple at the bottom who are question marks. But we'll get into a lot more of that as we yeah. get down deeper into, deep, deeper into the conference. We're uh, talking with Dave Amato tonight. Uh, we're talking podcast. By the time most of you are here, this, it'll probably be Thursday morning, though. And I keep saying good night and, and hello, good <laughs> evening and all that. But that's what it is. Uh, Dave is uh, uh, sipping on an IPA and probably, uh, and when I say sipping, doing more sipping than I am because he is talking a little <laughs> bit more than I am. But uh, I am I am drinking a uh, a wild turkey rare breed rye. If you haven't tried it, go out and get it. Uh, it's under sixty bucks. It's a it's a high rye. It's a well, it's a high. It's a rye and it's a it's a high proof rye. So. Uh, let's move on to App State then. And, you know, one thing I had not noticed about App State, and I'm going to let you talk about that, but, I mean, they, uh, you know, before they play Coastal, they play East Carolina, they play Miami, they play Georgia State, they play uh, the Cajuns, and then they face Coastal Carolina. So, honestly, they could have not a great record, but at the same time could be very much a spoiler with all of that with the cages and coastal. So what, what are you seeing there yeah. with, the, with the Mountaineers? So, 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 so app is a, look, I, I do not envy app schedule whatsoever. Um, they start the season in uh, week one at a neutral site game against ECU who they should be favored against, but, if you're familiar with that area at all, it's it's roughly about two hours from both schools. So it's going to be, they're going to play that game at Charlotte, and it's going to be a really good game. Now, ECU brings a pretty good crowd, and we know App brings a good crowd. Um, that, that's going to be a tough game for them. They follow that up, and they go on the road to Miami in a game that I, I don't expect them to win, but you never know with App because they've pulled up sets in the past, right? Yep. Then, they, then they've got Elon at home, which is a game they should win. And then they also, out of conference, have to play Marshall That's at home, I'm... which Marshall, yeah, and Marshall's not going to be a cakewalk for them. So they could be a one and three out of conference team if we don't 
if we blink our eyes. And, and, and I don't expect that. Don't get me wrong. I don't expect them to be one in three. But there's a chance that they could lose three of those out-of-conference games. I mean, those are not cakewalks for anybody. So, and, and like you said, they've got Coastal early in the season. So it's not, it's not like they've got a, a bunch of games that they're going. you got four losses right there. And they got the cages. Yep. So this is a this is a tough schedule, and they got to play the Cajuns at home. They got to bring. They got to go to lap. They come to Lafayette to play us. Well, we're we're going to talk about them a little bit later, but they also go to Atlanta to play Georgia State with that stupid ass train whistle that I would love to <laughs> shove up somebody's ass. Uh, yep, excuse me, I, but I, I know what you mean. You you really I, I mean you say that, but unless you've been there in the stadium hearing that damn it's, train whistle, you want to choke the living crap out of somebody. So yeah, like, look, look, and, and, and you, you think about that with with Georgia State, right? Um, Georgia State has come from playing in a, a an arena that they had, you know. It's 70,000 people, and they only got about 3,000 people, if they were lucky, to show up for the games to their newer place, which is beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but it's just there's all kind of issues with that. But, no, I, look, App's got – App does not we're, – we're going from Coastal, who has the easiest schedule I've ever seen, to App, who they did not put an easy schedule together. They, they put them – look – if App comes out of their non-conference games at three and one or four and zero, oh, golly, more power to them because they they're not scared to play people. They're they're putting you know they're 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 playing a, a pretty rough schedule to start the season. I believe uh, if if I am correct, uh, November twenty seventh is the weekend of um, after Thanksgiving, um, I believe, and that is the game against Georgia Southern at mm-hmm. App State, which I truly believe if Georgia Southern is playing, whether Georgia Southern plays for anything or not at, at the end of the season, Georgia oh, it's Southern. Always a, yeah. That, it's always a rivalry. That, that the game, I don't care if one's 0 and 11 and the other one's 11 and 0. I, I, I know a lot of my friends who went to both App State and Georgia Southern. And I'll tell you the hatred between those two schools is, is, unbelievable i so really think georgia be- southern will bring a lot of people there for that weekend yeah, since, since it's thanksgiving week uh weekend and all that I, I i can see that being a big crowd and hopefully both teams are playing for something uh uh you know uh, up until this past year app state was the team the cajuns like to hate a lot and, and now now with covid carolina yeah yeah and now now it's covid carolina and everybody is uh, I see our, our Cajun friends going, yeah, come on over app state come you know, tailgate with, you know, no, they, yeah. the, the people at both uh, app state and, and Georgia Southern have been very gracious to us when we have, we've attended games there. So, 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 so I, you know, I lived in North Carolina for quite some time before I moved back to Lafayette and I'll tell you, the, I've been to so many app games and they're some of the best fans in the world. I, I hated that we couldn't beat them uh, for a long time, but at the end of the day, they were some of the most gracious fans I've ever been around. And, and look, they've got a program that's really good. They, they replace coaches like I replace socks and they continue to win. 
Um, last year was a dis. Look, anytime you have a disappointing year and you still finish with nine and ten wins, yeah, you're you know, think about the Cajuns for a long time. We would have loved to have had nine and ten wins. These guys do it and they get disappointed about it. So and and look, they like I said, they replaced their coaches what three four years in a row. Like it was a constant rotation of coaching carousel there. They're, they've got their guy this year. You know, this oh, is I'm, the second year yeah. with, with Sean Clark. Uh, he wants to be an app. He's an app guy. He's coached there. He played there. He's, I don't know if he's expecting, you know, the difference is um, we talked about Coastal a little bit before, and I think, Chadwell might be gone next year. Like if they have another great year, there's a good chance Jerry Chadwell could be coaching somewhere. Jamie Chadwell could be coaching somewhere else. Yeah. I think Sean Clark is there for the long haul. He wants to be at app. Um, I think so that's good and bad. It's good it, and bad. In, 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 in the short term, I think it's great. And as long as he keeps winning and, and the fans don't, don't, uh, don't turn on him. I mean, I remember having a conversation with Coach Hud uh, after his first year, or uh, I said, Coach, you know, Lafayette's not a bad place to make a living and, you know, and in, in, in a place to live. And he said, he looked at me, he said, Craig, he said, first time I start losing, you guys are going to be calling for my head too. And, uh, That's true. and but it, but to be fair, though, it wasn't all about the wins and losses with him. And I don't want to go into all that, you know. We could have a whole nother conversation yeah. about that. So, but, but, but <laughs> no. move, moving on, back to App State. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think they've got so much potential there. And if they should go, you know, four and one, five and one, it's one of those things that, you know, you know, after, after Coastal, you know, it's it's ULM, uh, it's, it's you know, Arkansas State, it's South Alabama, it's Troy, it's Georgia Southern. And if they get rolling, if they get rolling, they're, 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 they're going to be tough to beat. Like you said, if they're four and one or, or better or, man, I, I watch out. Absolutely watch out. Look, they got to replace Zach Thomas, who, uh, I, yeah, there's not a Cajun fan that will listen to this podcast that doesn't remember Zach Thomas just frustrating the hell out of the Cajuns, right? Yeah. Um, but, but but it's not like they got a bad guy coming in. They got a Duke transfer in Chase Price, who's pretty good. His biggest problem was he turned the ball over a lot at Duke. But in 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 looking at them and looking at Duke, he has more weapons at App State than he ever had at Duke. Yeah. Right. So I, I look, he's got I I arguably the best running back combo in the conference. Right. Cameron Peoples comes back and he is a guy a little bit like C.J. Marable. We talked about earlier. He does everything. He's a kick returner. He's a receiver. He's a running back. The guy is just scary. And Dietrich Harrington is the same type of guy. Those guys combined for 19 touchdowns last year, 19 in two running backs. They were to us, they were the Elijah Mitchell and, and, and Trey Regis of, of what we saw. Yeah. These are two really good running backs. And I'll tell you the thing that scares me more than that is their receiving core. And I, look, I know Craig, you followed the 
the App State and, and the Cajuns games forever. But I might be the only guy who believes this, but Thomas Hannigan, I believe, has been with App State for 100 years at wide receiver. <laughs> the, the, it feels the guy, like it. The guy has the best hands I've ever seen. He catches everything thrown to him, and he, he's been on that team forever. But they've got a speedster in Malik Williams who's really good. they got Corey Sutton who's really yep. good. They're, offensively, they're going to be good. And here's the thing about App. They're always good on defense. Yes. We never have to, you know, you worry a little bit about what's their offense going to do. Their defense is always good. And they might have the best player in the conference on defense in Demetrius Taylor. I mean, we saw it a couple of years ago where he was just all over the field against the Cajuns. It is, yes. Is their coach a, uh, I know he, he played there. Was he a lot defensive line or offensive line? He was line. I think he was a, a defensive lineman. For yeah. Him. If I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. yeah so he, he's not going to let that defense down and they're, they're no. going to be strong again. So uh, they're, they're going to be a formidable foe for everybody. And, and look, I, when I was doing my breakdown and, and starting to talk, think about it in my head, like you can break this conference into two serious questions. Who's going to be the top, who's going to win out of the top two. And then where are these other three going to finish? Because they could finish anywhere. Yeah. I, 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 there's lots of scariness down there. The, I mean, but at the same time, I, I, out of the three teams that are left there that we're, we're still talking about, I, I think any one of those, I think probably Georgia state's probably a year away, but we'll talk about them in a little bit, but, but between Georgia Southern and Troy, I think there are, there, there are two teams here that could really vault to the top of the East also with, with, with things going right, you know, in a lot of ways. Absolutely. I actually, when I was, when I was doing my research and trying to get prepared for this uh, conversation, one of the things that really intrigued me was looking at those bottom three teams. And I would tell you at one point, I think I had them all in different positions. I had, I had Troy third, fourth, and fifth. I had Georgia Southern third, fourth, and fifth. And I had Georgia state third, fourth, and fifth. And at the end of the day, I think I finally made my decision on what I came up with, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I literally don't know. It's so scary between those three teams because they could, depending on what happens, they could finish anywhere in, 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 in those third, fourth, and fifth positions. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to take out my notepad here and I'm going to write down your picks. So that way at the end of the year, we can come back and say, <laughs> Dave, how were you wrong? What are you doing? Yeah, and, and I probably will be, but 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 look, I like I said, I at one point I had I, I know I had Troy, I know because Troy's the one that jumps out in my head. I had Troy third, then I had him sixth, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I mean fifth, and then right now I have him at fourth. So okay. it's it's it, I've been had him all over the board. It's been it's been fun to try to look at those teams because they're all over the place. Well, you've done your homework. We're going to uh, take a, a quick break right now. Uh, you're listening to We're Talking with Craig Molossoff and our special guest, Dave Amato, uh, both Cajun fans and both uh, drinking adult beverages, which are nothing wrong. So we'll be right back after this uh, quick, quick break. Welcome back to We're Talking tonight. Our very special guest, Dave Amato. We're talking Sunbelt Conference East football where uh, we just got through with uh, App State and uh, 
in coastal Carolina, or as we prefer to call them here in Lafayette, COVID Carolina. So we'll leave those two alone right now. But moving on, last year, the Georgia Southern Eagles finished uh, eight and five overall and four and four in the conference tied with Georgia State at four and four, which we always like to say as my friends from, uh, from uh, uh, Statesboro, Southern, not state. So uh, yeah. let's talk about the Georgia Southern Eagles. What's your thoughts there? So look, I, I think there's no question. The, the guy at Georgia Southern for years has been Shea Wirtz and Shea Wirtz is gone, right? He ran the, this is a triple option offense. It's run by the quarterback. It's run by who was behind center. And at the end of the day, Shea Wirtz was a scary, scary guy for a lot of years. And he's transferred on to Louisville. I guess he's going to be playing wide receiver there is what I understand. Um, and they've got to make a decision between his backup from last year, Justin Tomlin, who did not perform nearly as well as Shea Wirtz, and a transfer from uh, Georgia Tech, who is James Graham, who did not play much there, but understands the triple option offense. And they're going to be as good as their quarterback drives them, right? What made Georgia Southern good for a long time was how good Shea Wirtz was. If they don't have that quarterback leading them, they've got two really good running backs. J.D. King and Logan Wright are both really good. But if their quarterback can't drive that offense, it's going to be tough for Georgia Southern. And I really think this is my opinion, and it doesn't mean squat. I really think this is the year Georgia Southern takes a step back. I really think they, they were really close to if they would have gotten Shea Wirtz back, I think they had a chance to be one of those teams that could scare App and scare uh, Coastal. I don't know if they can do it this year because that that lack of leadership at quarterbacks going to be tough for them. I know you. Um, I know you probably looked at their sc- schedule and you probably looked a little bit at Florida Atlantic. Did Did you see anything there? I mean, they're playing in yeah. uh, Boca Raton, so I mean, it's an away game for them. Yeah. So, yeah, so I did. So, look, they got Gardner-Webb, and I think that's an easy win for them. Um, They got they go to FAU, and I don't know what FAU is going to have this year, but FAU usually has a decent ball club. That's going to be a really interesting game for them. They've got to go to Arkansas, um, which, look, I I think Arkansas is going to be a much-improved football team this year. And I don't see Georgia Southern being able to beat Georgia, uh, being able to beat Arkansas. And then they look more power to them. They got BYU coming to their place late in the season. I saw Uh, that, uh, but yeah, I don't know how they look. We, we, I wish we could pull some of these games and maybe one day we will, but they've got BYU coming. BYU is going to be a tough game for them. I look at their out of conference schedule and tell you, you know, maybe FAU on the road, but that's still a tough game. But I only see one guaranteed win there. Arkansas on the road and BYU is going to be tough. I know Coastal beat BYU late this season last year, but Coastal and Georgia are not the same team. They're really not. And I just don't know how, I don't know how Georgia Southern pulls out more than one or two wins out of conference. And then they've still got to play Coastal and App. 
that's two losses there, right? I, it, it's just going to be a rough. It's going to be a rough go for them. I really believe that. I, I agree with you. I think. I think. Uh, just looking at with Arkansas State, Florida Atlantic on the road. You know, they have the Cajuns, Arkansas State at home, but they, they're on the road at Troy, which is always a tough place to play as well. Uh, South Al- South Alabama, I believe a new coach this year, or was that last year? They do. No, they've got a new coach this year, I believe, if okay. I'm not mistaken. So South Alabama, Georgia State at home, which, uh, again, rivalry game, but then Coastal at home at Texas State. Who knows what Texas State is going to be? But then, like you said, yeah. Brigham Young, BYU at home. Hey, great steal for them. But then again, closing out the 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 season at App State, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a very interesting road for them. I think they got a tough schedule. Yeah, I think they really do. I, there's no question about it. That's going to be a rough run for them. Uh, look, they're always a scary team because of their schedule and because of their offense, right? Nobody practices against the triple option. Nobody really loves to play the triple option. But at the end of the day, if Georgia Southern to me is always the team that, boy, if they get up big early, watch out. They could beat anybody. If they get down early against anybody, they can't come back. They don't have the weapons to score a lot of points in a hurry. They're just not built that way because of the triple option. They want to look, if they can get up 21 to nothing against somebody, it's hard to come back against them, but well, vice versa. If they can fall down early, I don't know how you come back. And if you don't have Shea Wirtz, who was the weapon, I don't know what you do. I really don't. So they, to me, I, I still lean to them as being the fifth place team in the conference. Well, it's one of those things I say, the ground and pound there, they can eat up some clock, but they have to take the lead. You're not going to have somebody that's a wide receiver weapon that's going to want to go to Georgia Southern unless they're from the area and, you know, maybe parents, but still. Uh, It's tough for them, and it's hard for me to say that because I've got lots of friends there at Georgia Southern that have been very nice to me over the years. Uh, But they're one of the – they're one of the most fun places to follow. One of the most, they, their fans are awesome. They're, they're, they, they've got a great following. Everything about them's good. I just don't think this is their year. I think this is going to be a bad, a, a struggle. Well, I, I'm hoping to have uh, uh, Danny Reed, the voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles, on before the season starts and uh, definitely before the uh, the Cajuns game to, to talk football. Uh, and uh, Colin Lacey, who is, uh, I believe, for football, is their sideline reporter. He's the voice of the Eagles for the uh, Georgia Southern women's basketball and also mm-hmm. does baseball with Danny. So two great individuals, and, and it hurts me to say this, quite honestly. Uh, but uh, I, I did not realize the schedule that they had. Arkansas, uh, Arkansas is going to be a, uh, is a tough place to play no matter what. It, it's, you know. I just think with the new quarterback coming in now, now if their quarterback comes in and, and does better than uh, Shea did, all bets are off. All that's bets what are gonna, off. That's what, the, in, that, in my opinion, that's what they're going to need. So, yeah, no, I, I, I agree 100% with you. Look, they've got, like I said, they've got two really good running backs, very experienced running backs. I, I like those guys a lot, but if, if, if they don't have something similar to what Shea Wirtz can do, I, I, I just, I don't think they're going to be a very good football team this year. I, I just see them. And look, that's, that's still saying that they're a scary out. They're yeah. always a scary out. 
You're listening to We're Talking Podcast with Dave Amato as our special guest talking Sunbelt Conference East football. Uh, just a little reminder, next week we'll be hitting up the West, and then the following week we'll be uh, doing a deep dive into the Cajuns versus Texas. Uh, while, we're, while we're on uh, a little break here, just uh, again, if you're looking for a place to eat or do something, try Joey's of Lafayette right across from Cajun Field. Uh, great deli sandwiches, uh, uh, plate lunches, and things like that. It's good for your bourbon needs. Uh, that's where Joey hosts the Louisiana Bourbon Society for me. So I, I've got to give him a little props there. And uh, all around good guy. Uh, if you're in, uh, if you need your uh, graduation gift or anything, look into Acadiana Religious Store on Johnson, next uh, close to Lafayette Lanes, and in, uh, in that shopping center there, across from. Uh, I forgot what it's across from now. It's not someplace I want to mention. So, but it's across the street. <laughs> it's on Johnson. So Art Garrett over there is a member of our Bourbon Club. So. Give, uh, check those guys out. You need something, whether confirmation, first communion, graduation, they have everything you need there. So do some businesses, uh, two good businesses that support the Cajuns, help support them. So that's my plug for tonight. Right now, again, we're talking podcasts. Hey. Craig Malanson with special guest Dave Amato talking the hey, East. Hey, hey, Craig, just Craig, just real quick, well, just to touch on that, uh, nine times out of ten, if you go, he's, Joey is sitting behind the cash register and uh, one of the nicest people on the planet, by the way. He is. Uh, we became good friends over the last uh, seven or eight years, and uh, he's taking care of me uh, with special bourbon selections, uh, Maud, uh, <laughs> uh, there at, with Joey and uh for meals, the, the girls that, that serve the food, uh, uh, make the food and everything are some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. So, mm -hmm. uh, but thank you for that, those, uh, for that. Uh, let's move on though, Georgia state. And yeah. we're going to talk state, not Southern now, which is not, uh, which I still prefer Southern, not state. So Georgia state <laughs> is one of those schools that, uh, you know, that they have not necessarily threatened the Cajuns in football, except for last year. We had to win in overtime, so don't get me wrong. I don't want to say sure. that. But Georgia State as a school, as a university, has everything they need to build their athletic program. <laughs> Great venue, 40,000 students, student fees going in, one of the higher budgets in the, uh, in the uh, Sun Belt. But still, they're fighting Georgia, University of Georgia. Georgia Tech, and for that matter, Georgia Southern in, in a lot of ways. So talk to me about Georgia State. Where do you see them now? I know they had a freshman quarterback who technically yeah. was still a freshman, and this That's is his third freshman. year as a freshman. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, look, I am – I was – I was very impressed with Cornelius Brown last year. I think he is a very good quarterback in the conference and we're going to see him for a long time. And I, I, that I don't like, he's a big kid. He's big and he's strong and he's going to get better. Um, he had his moments last year. He also struggled last year, but that was because he was a freshman, right? I think the more he plays, the better he's going to get. I, I also know, look, Sean Elliott's in his fifth season there. I think um, he's starting to build something pretty good. 
I, I, I like Georgia State this year. I like them as uh, a team that's going to be scary. They're going to beat some teams that we didn't expect them to beat. Um, they've got a really good running back that we saw last year in Devin, Destin Coates, um, who was really good. And they bring back 11 starters on their offense. So they have everybody back on offense. Uh, they won their last three games. They beat South Alabama. They beat Georgia Southern, and then they won a bowl game against Western Michigan. So they're they're a, they're a scary good team. They're a team that, to me, I'd be concerned about if I'm App or Coastal in the Eastern. Not that they can win it, but they might pull that upset. They're the one who scares me the most. They've got probably the best kicker, place kicker in the uh, conference in Noel Ruiz. Um, and they're just really solid up front uh, with multiple uh, all Sunbelt players. So I, that's a team I, I, I think is going to be very good. My, my one issue with them is their out-of-conference schedule is well, really tough. I, 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 mean, don't, I, I don't know if it was their AD told their, their football coach <laughs> and their baseball coach, you've got to go play out-of-conference schedules to get money, which I don't understand because they've got one of the higher budgets in the Sun Belt, but the baseball team played like four SEC schools uh, yeah. out, of the, out of their 30 or so non, 20, let's say 20 non-conference games. They were against the ACC, the SEC, uh, and the Big 12, I believe. And I'm just going like, so, what are you guys doing now? I'm looking at Charlotte, Auburn. Yeah. Uh, so listen to this, right? Army. So they, they, they get Army at home. And Army has proven that they are much – they're starting to win a lot of good games, right? Army's going to be a tough out. They go to North Carolina, who North Carolina is expected to be really good this year. They've got Charlotte at home, which could be a winnable game. And they've got Auburn. There's not a game in that schedule on the out-of-conference that you look at and go, that's a guaranteed win. Not one of their out-of-conference games is an, a, a guaranteed win. So, and, and look, we're going to talk about the Cajuns next week, and I know we are, and the Cajuns have a really I, – I, look, this is one of the best out-of-conference schedules I've seen the Cajuns have in a long time. Um, but you still have two of those games. I think the Cajuns win handily. This is a schedule with Georgia State. I don't – I can't look at it and go, yep, they, they got to win there because Charlotte's the easiest game they play. The easiest game they play is Charlotte, right? The hardest game they play is obviously Auburn or North Carolina. And those are games they're going to lose. Like, I, I don't know how they win either one of those games. Um, and, and then they, I think Army, I, then, I don't know. Then, then they start they start conference play with the other big A team, Appalachian State. I mean. Absolutely. Like, their, their first, schedule just. They could literally be 0-5 before. And. and and um, I'm and beat Monroe. I mean, you know, but yeah, yeah. I, I I swear, I look at this schedule and say this is a team that could still make some noise in the conference. But the end of the season, they might be seven and five, or or, or six and six, or five and seven at best, because there's immediately four or five losses before they start the season. I, I, it's just going to be a rough year for them. I'm telling you, man, I'm looking at it, and I will be surprised, quite honestly, if they win four games. I know. I, I and, and 
what's interesting about him is I think they're one of the most dangerous teams in the exactly. East. Well, well and, and that's a but, team that came off a bowl bowl win. A, a bowl win. Yeah, they beat a good Western Michigan team, and they're about to – and again, they finished the season with three straight wins, and they bring back what I may argue is – one of the top four quarterbacks in the in the conference, right? This is not a team that you go, oh, this is a bad team. They're a really good team. But you look at everything that they've got to do to get wins, and, man, it's going to be tough. They've well, got the Cajuns. They've got App. I mean, I don't know how they win. I, don't, I, 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 want, I want to say they're talented enough to win games. I don't see where the wins come from. But to me, it, it's all about, again, keeping the quarterback healthy. If their quarterback oh, no can't stay healthy, I mean, it, it, you know, and you look now, Army is going to be a grind, and uh, uh, you know, grind. And and but North Carolina, Auburn, Charlotte, App State, you know, and and then it doesn't get easy until you you got Monroe and Texas State back to, back to back. But you know, Texas State, new coach there, I believe, was it this year yeah. or last year? Uh, uh, last year, last year, but still. And brought, they're but he brought in a bunch of JUCOs, didn't he, last year? And I know yeah. we'll talk we'll talk more about them next week. But I just, I mean, so you're wondering how 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 much how much have they improved? Uh, look, I they're a they're a team that's Georgia State's going to have a rough go of it. I don't look, and, and now you're you're changing my mind because <laughs> I had them finishing third. And now I'm looking at the schedule and I'm supposed to be the one who knows what I'm talking about a little bit. And I'm telling you, I don't know how they win four or five games. I'm going to say, I don't see five games. I see four games possibility, but I don't see five games because at the end of the season, they go to Arkansas state. I don't think that in yeah. the, they finished the season at Arkansas state. No, I'm sorry. Arkansas state at home and Troy at home. At Troy at home. And, 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 and Troy, we're going to talk to in a minute. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on with Troy and, and, but they're, and look, at, I, I, they're at Georgia Southern. They're three games in a row at Georgia Southern at the Cajuns at COVID Carolina. Yep. I, that's in my book, that's three losses, but the Georgia Southern game so, is a toss up to me because of the rivalry and the hatred there. And, so do you and see, it's the night before it's the night before Halloween. So there's no telling if yeah. it's a full moon, look at, just throw all the records out the book. <laughs> Screw it all. So forget what I said. So do you, Who knows? So do you do you see how I like I told you earlier? See how I I, I bounced yep. around. Who's going to finish third, fourth, and fifth in this conference? And we haven't talked about Troy, and we're going to in a minute. I'm telling you, I I had an easier time picking first and second, and I still think that's going to be a crazy. Who's going to win? first and second yeah. then I did third fourth and fifth because third fourth and fifth is way it's crazy this could be insane and I think one of these teams will be bowl eligible that's the other piece to it I don't know who it's going to be but one of these teams is going to be bowl eligible when it's when the season ends I just don't know which one it's going to be and it's going to they're going to have to pull a game that we didn't expect or they're going to have to do something crazy but uh, at Georgia Sun, Georgia State's schedule is is awful, absolutely awful. Oh my goodness, man! All right, 
we're talking Sunbelt Conference football on we're talking. We got excited there. Yeah, Dave Amato. <laughs> I mean, I mean, got me all fired up. I mean, I'm ready to I'm ready to renew the ESPN Plus subscription and start going. So, uh, but uh, man, all right. So Dave Amato is our special guest tonight, and we're talking. I'm Craig Malanson. Uh, we're talking crew and uh dave let's let's we've got it now i mean heck we're, we're all that's left is troy and we've kind of touched them on them a little bit over the uh over the uh games that are played but what are you seeing with the troy trojans there so so troy's an interesting one um i, I was driving around today around lafayette and i was thinking in my head there's only one coach in the sunbelt conference that i think is on, on the hot seat I mean, if you look at the entire East, Georgia State and Georgia Southern are both coming off of bowl wins. They both are looking up. They've had some success. We know Coastal and App are successful. We know Louisiana is not has doesn't have a coach on the hot seat. Uh, Arkansas State's got a new coach. Um, uh, ULM has a brand new coach. Texas State's in the second year. They're trying to get up and come there's only one coach on the hot seat i really believe that's chip Lindsay. let me let me ask you there i mean just uh because i want to go back to georgia state for, for a second because that's one of the questions i thought about was you don't think their coach is on the hot seat this is year five or six for him it's it, it'll be his fifth year and i don't think he is only because of the georgia state right is that yeah. is that what you said yeah. yeah i don't think he is because he's had some remote success but what if they finish um, three and eight if they finish three and eight i think the conversation starts because to me that's a, a total uh, downturn from what that you know what yeah. they did no i could see him being a guy that you questioned i don't think he will lose his job because well, of it but uh, i think he would become very hot his seat would become very hot and if i'm the ad i'm, I'm looking at him going like I made the football schedule. He didn't make this football schedule. He didn't schedule North Carolina. He didn't get, you know, those, those army Auburn, Auburn. Army, he didn't, yeah. he didn't get And again. I don't understand why they're scheduling these teams. They don't need that many paydays. So no, but, they don't No, they don't. And, and, but, but to me, I, again, I, I, I think right. Chip Lindsay is the guy who's on the hot seat. He it's his third year. He has struggled mightily. Um, but isn't but this he, might be the best team? But I think he's a Troy guy, though, too, isn't he? Wasn't he there he, before? So does he? Get a, he I think he gets four years at least. You think? In he my did, I see. He might. He might. I think reading some of their message boards, some of their fans are very done with him. Okay. Uh, look, two years ago, they had arguably the worst defense in America. Yeah. Like they were terrible. They improved a little bit last year, but man, they got a long way to go defensively. And I think that's always been their problem. Troy can put up points with a lot of people, but then they struggle to stop anyone. Well, he, and they're going to go ahead. I was just saying, here's where I struggle with it a little bit. I, if, if I'm an AD and I'm not going to give a coach four years, I'm not going to hire him because especially coming off a of COVID year last year, uh, I, I'm sorry, but where Troy is located in the middle of between Alabama and Auburn, you're not going to fire a coach and pay him not to coach, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and, and you might be right. Because of the COVID year, he might get a, a little bit of a break. Um, 
look, and he's got a he's got a tough decision to make. He's bringing back a guy who played a little bit at quarterback in Gunnar Watson, but he also brought in a transfer, Taylor Powell from uh, Missouri. Uh, and he, I don't know who their quarterback is going to end up being. It could be either one of those two. And I, I haven't read enough to find out which one is leading the quarterback. Let me ask you this, though. Is, yeah. is Missouri where you want a quarterback from? No. And he didn't start, so I'm right. sorry. No, he was a, no, he was a backup at best at, at Missouri. And then you got another guy who was a – a part-time starter for your team last year. He wasn't even the full-time guy last year. So, so yeah, they've got question marks. They got a really good running back. BJ Smith is a solid running back and he, their defense has continued to get better, but again, it, it couldn't get any worse. Remember they were probably 130 in the country two years ago and they improved a little bit last year. They start the season. They they're going to beat Southern. Right. We nobody's going to argue with that point. They're going to they're going to beat Southern. But listen to this. They've got to play Liberty. Yeah. And then they've got to play Southern Miss. They also, if I'm not mistaken, they play South Carolina later in the season. And I think they they, they play they go to ULM next and then they're at South Carolina. So they've got so So, they have one conference game and then they're back in non-conference. So, so their out-of-conference schedule is a win gets Southern, probably a loss at Liberty because Liberty's a good football team. Like, you know, okay, we're going to talk about that next week. Well, they have Liberty at home. Having, you know, Liberty at home, I'm sorry. But still, but I, your point is well taken. Yeah. Southern Miss, who I don't know what Southern Miss is going to be this year, but the uh, but assumption again, is that's not going to be an easy game. I will right? tell you, I, I will tell you, Southern Miss though has one of the hottest coaches in uh, next to Billy Napier and Will Hall, Will, Will, former Will Cajun Hall, assistant who was uh, Tulane, absolutely and now at Southern Miss, highly respected. Will Hall will be Will Hall will be somewhere else besides Southern Miss at some point in his career. Yes, no question. Uh, but look, their schedule is not easy. Like I said, they, they're going to start the season with a win, build a little confidence, but I don't see them beating Liberty. I don't see that Liberty game being close. I think no. Liberty's going to crush them, to be honest with you. And then that Southern Miss game, I think, will be the telltale sign. Well, Where does Troy end up based on whether they can compete with Southern Miss or not? To me, it's a loss because they're at Southern Miss. I think uh, – yeah. now, now, don't get me wrong. Please, Troy, beat a Conference USA team. We need – you know, <laughs> yes. don't get me wrong. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not pulling against them. But, again, you got Will Hall coaching Southern Miss. You got guys like that. I, I just can't believe that – you know, I, and I don't know Southern Miss's record last year. So, I, I mean, I hate to I talk out of – and it may take Will a couple of years to, to build that program up, so – well, the thing with them is they've got to get better at defense. They have not been good at defense for a long time. And what happens to them is Troy is a team that I've, I've you know, look, I, I'm like you. I have, I have ESPN Plus and I watch some stupid games because I'm sitting in the middle of the day and I have nothing else to do. And I, I'll watch Troy play somebody and they'll score 52 points and they'll lose 62 to 52. Yeah. And, 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 and that's my fear with them. And I don't know if that's a Chip Lindsay thing or if that's just, 
what's going on with them, but they've got to get better at defense. Well, I don't know if they if they can't stop anybody, it doesn't matter how good they are on offense. What I want to know is what gives these ignorant son of a guns scheduling us for their homecoming game. <laughs> yeah, no. Right. Look, so on either either side of our game, they've got three home games in a row: South Alabama, Louisiana, the Nap State, and. I understand the South so look, Alabama thing. It's it, rough. It's rough when you've got Louisiana and App State back to back, and, and, and you got to pick one of those. Yeah, but but you also have South Alabama the game before us, and and that is South rough Alabama, because because it's because it's a rivalry game. It's a rivalry game. Yeah. I would have gone with Georgia but, Southern on October 9th. But yeah, I do look at the end of the day, that should have been an easy pick. If I'm, I, I don't pick App State or Louisiana this year as your homecoming game yeah. ever, because at the end of the day, both App and Louisiana are going to be good. I, I look, we haven't even talked about the West, and the West is going to be a lot easier to talk about next week because at the end of the day, there's really only one good football team in the West. There's a couple of average ones and a couple of bad ones, but. I would not schedule Louisiana as your homecoming game. And I might be a homer saying that, but I'm a homer because this is the, I've been following the Cajuns since 1987. And I know you've probably been following them a lot longer than that. This is the best Cajun football team I have seen in a long, long time. And I saw Brian Mitchell and Jake DeLome and this is a good football team. You're listening to the We're, Talk, We're Talking podcast with Greg Malonson as your host and Dave Amato, our special guest tonight, talking Sunbelt Conference East. And uh, Dave, I got to tell you, I agree with you. Uh, probably 1980 or so, uh, Donnie Wallace Sr., I guess, not Deuce. Senior, not Deuce. Uh, what was the quarterback for the Cajuns for a while with uh, uh, Mike Fister. No, I'm not Mike Fister. That was one of my attorney brothers, a little older. Uh, <laughs> shoot uh gosh he led the uh he, he led the comeback in 1982 against northeastern oh god i see his face but i we're gonna have to do a cajun history podcast at some point too and talk about the games that we saw through the years but, yeah uh, oh, i got a, i got a bunch of good ones oh i i just remember uh you know brian mitchell is probably one of the uh arkansas state yes arkansas state brian mitchell and, and when they when the call, when the play got called back, when yes. he scored, and the play got called back, and he scored on the next yeah. play, might have been one of my greatest. I was in that stadium. I was golly, that had to be what eighty nine, maybe. And, uh, eighty eight or eighty nine. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I'll have to look it and, up again. And, and I remember just sitting there going, "This guy is one of the best athletes I've ever seen play football." Well, I was, I was, uh, you know, I just. And one of the nicest people you'll ever meet if you get a chance yeah. to talk to him. So, yeah. all right. So now, drum roll. <laughs> drum roll, please. All right. So what are your picks here? And I'll, I'll get mine right. after yours and I'll kind of. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and, and tell you, one, because of the talent coming back and two, because of the schedule being so set up for them. I just really believe COVID Carolina is the team to be in the conference. Okay. I don't I, think there's any question about that. I, I, I think the only team 
that challenges them is the team I have at number two, which is I was I was going to say if if you don't have App State number two, we have a uh, we have we have news here. So where do you go from there, though? So where and this is look and and like I told you earlier, this is where I I bounced back and forth. It was one and two, and then three, four, and five. How do you figure it out, right? So I, I do believe Georgia, and I know the schedule is brutal, but I'm leaning towards Georgia State at three. Um, and then I'm leaning towards Troy at four and then Georgia Southern at five because it, I, I just don't know how they replace Shea Wirtz. And I don't know how many games they can win without him. And I know, look, we could be different at three, four, and five. And I don't think you're going to be wrong. And I don't think I'm going to be wrong because it could end up in any order that I, I can't even figure out. I do tell you this, whoever finishes third will be bowl eligible in the, in the East. Um, so you'll have, one and two, very good. Number three will finish somewhere between six and six or seven and five. And then and then the other two will be bad. So that's my that's my prediction. All right. So my uneducated mind and my uneducated guests, but listening to you talk and going over with him, looking at schedules and everything, which when we look at the totality of the schedule, we're including non-conference games. And I, I agree Coastal has the easiest uh there and, and still could end up 10 and one or nine and one two i mean but but here here's where i'm going i'm gonna i'm gonna deviate from you a little bit here well actually i'm gonna deviate Uh-oh. a whole lot and and Uh-oh. this is not you're going out you're going out. i am going out just because i'm gonna be contrary to you it has nothing to do <laughs> with you it has nothing to do with your analysis but i, I just think that app is going to be you know, and we have to take out again. To me, you have we have to take out the non-conference games, where App right. is not. Coastal Carolina will have a better overall record than App State, but App State, I believe, will have the better conference record. And then I will also go with Georgia Southern at number two, which is your last Whoa. place team. Whoa. I think Whoa. Coastal Carolina wait, wait. finishes third. I'm just over. I'm wow. just, I'm here. Uh, I'm being a little bit of a homer for my boys at Georgia Southern because I love them and they're good people. And I just can't go against them right now. I think Coastal Carolina is going to be, when it comes to the non-conference schedule and then playing uh, the, the teams that they are, I think they're going to be that team that's, uh, you know, it's a faux diamond. I mean, they're the, the what is it called? Zurich or Zirconium? Or yeah, what? the Cuban Cuba Zirconium. Yeah, <laughs> hadn't heard that in so I can't even pronounce it. I know I'm going to be wrong, but uh, the one yeah. team. Wow, I, I I can't believe you put in Coastal third. You you sound like a raging Pagan fan. <laughs> no, I you know, in coming into this tonight, I wasn't there until I really looked into their schedule. I mean, I agree they're going to be probably 5-0, and 6-0. But, you know, the only team that we agree on is Troy being fifth. And, and, and again, Troy could jump up to third. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you could be- – I'm telling you, three four, three, four, and five to me are crazy. And, and, and you've got a different three than I do. But three, four, and five, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, and Troy, 
I can't. It's going to be hard to predict those three games. I think Georgia State's last. I mean, I just don't see any way they're, they're winning games unless their quarterback comes. But he's going to get so beat up early on. I mean. He is going to get. Look, and look, you're totally right. The, the conversation could all change if three games into the season, uh, Cornelius Brown is on his back. And they've got to figure out who the backup quarterback is because I look, he's a very talented guy. If he's not playing, I don't know what happens. Right. So, and, and that goes for a lot of teams in the Sun Belt conference, right? We don't, the depth at the Sun Belt is not the depth of, of the SEC or the Big East or the, I mean, the Big 12 or the Big 10. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you lose your starting quarterback. It makes it look, if the Cajuns lose, I know there's a lot of arguments about whether Levi's great or good or average, but you lose Levi. And, and, and I know a lot of people think Chandler Fields is a great possibility as a backup, but we don't know what Chandler Fields is going to be. Right. No, We don't, but, but the difference is there, I think all of those quarterbacks that the Cajuns have now, as opposed to previous years fit into the same system. Oh, I give you that. There's no question about that. I think Billy has done a phenomenal job of making sure that the quarterbacks that are on his roster right now are the guys that fit his system. Let's not go into them right now. Let's uh, let's stay stay focused. (laughs) Because I know we all want to talk Cajuns, and that's what we're here for. But at the same time, we've got to look around the league. And, and again, I, I follow none of these teams close enough. And I'm being a huge homer for my, my friends at Georgia Southern. Trust me when I say that. I mean, I know they're going to struggle, but at the same time, I think Coastal could get some, could get beat up pretty well too with their, uh, not, not to, I think Coastal could come in soft, I should say, as opposed yeah, to being beat up and, and be overconfident because they're going to come in so, six and oh. So let me get this right. So you said app. Georgia, Georgia Southern. Southern, Coastal. Yep. Then you went Troy and Georgia State. Yep. And I'm going to send I'm you writing, my spreadsheet. I'm writing it down. <laughs> I'm going I'm to share my spreadsheet with you here because we're going to talk about when we talk about these and we talk about, uh, you know, we'll get into when we talk about the West, you know, we'll do a little bit of a dive in the Cajun, but I don't want to do a deep dive because I'd like to wait and maybe do a deep dive into the Cajuns season and then do the preview for Texas. So, but, but, but I've got it here and, uh, and, and you can be the guy at the end of the season that goes, Craig, what were you smoking or how much, how much Eagle rare rivalry did you have? Which if you want to know, the Eagle Rare Rye Breed, uh, Rare Breed, Rye Breed, <laughs> Eagle Rye Rare, breed. it's not Eagle Rare, crap, uh, Wild Turkeys, um, shit, Rare Breed, <laughs> Rye, God, and I have not had that much, you want to know where to get it, Joey's on Bertrand, Joey's. so across from Cajun Field, been there for 40 years, celebrating their 40th year this year, so, no, seriously, Dave, uh, we'll, we'll write it all down. I've got it, and I'll be the first. Okay. Uh, uh, hopefully, I, um, I, I just, for the sake of my friends at Georgia Southern, I hope I'm right. 
I look and and look, I could be way off, but I think we I think the East is going to be the most competitive. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch the East. I think the West, when we talk about them next week, it's going to be a completely different story. I think we we're going to have some some there's going to be some surprises in the West, and I think we can talk about that next week. But the East is one that look, it, it, it we could throw all the teams up in the air and then come down and figure out where they're going to land. The, the West is going to be a little bit different. I, I, I think the East is going to be tough. It's going to be tough for all those teams. And, and I can see a situation where Georgia Southern Coastal Carolina tie for second and have the same record, but it's going to come down to who beat who head to head. Who beat and, who? You know, yeah. and the same uh, with, with matter of fact, for any one of those teams, whereas I don't see that happening in the West and it may. Uh, and if it does happen in the West, then, then we've got some other issues that we have to deal with at home. So. Uh-huh. Well, I, I'm hoping all we're talking about at the end of the season is that there was only one team that was really good in the West. <laughs> I, I agree. With I think you totally. on the same page. And I hope, I, I hope one of, uh, not our last conversation, obviously, but uh, towards the end of the season, I hope that we're talking about who the Cajuns are hosting for the uh, yeah. Belt Conference Championship. So I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. So. So with that being said, thank you so much for your time tonight. Really appreciate it. I look forward to talking to you next week. Um, a little longer than I won't say than I expected, because I know when you start talking football and you got five teams to talk about, uh, we probably should have taken two breaks, but it is what it is uh, at this point. All good. It's all good. So uh, again, you're listening to we're talking with Craig Melanson, your host and our very special guest, Dave Amato. We'll be back next week to, to divvy up the Sunbelt Conference East, uh, West. And you would think that I had 17 glasses of bourbon tonight. Not true. Not true. Uh, but we're, we'll be talking about Sunbelt Conference West. We'll do a deep dive uh, the following week uh, on, uh, on the Cajun schedule and then uh, preview of the Texas game. Uh, I know it's early. Uh, but the football team is over 100 years old. To me, uh, the biggest biggest game in Cajun football history coming up September 4th. I, I, I completely agree with you. And I think if you've read Rage of Cajun, you saw I finally posted my, uh, my, my update on what I think of Texas. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, uh, a little bit deeper. But, but look, that's going to be a big, big football game. It is. No question about it. Again, thank you very much, Dave. Appreciate your time. We'll discuss uh, uh, next week what when we can record. If the same time works for you, that's good for me. Uh, if not, we'll always flexible. But thank you again for your time. For we're talking. Well, thank you so much, Craig. You're welcome. For we're talking, I'm Craig Malasa and our special guest, Dave Amato. Thank you for listening tonight, or tomorrow morning, or tomorrow afternoon, whatever comes close. Thanks. <laughs>